You're listening to audio from King's Cross Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information about King's Cross Church, visit us online at kingscrossraleigh.com. God be gracious to us and bless us. May he make his face shine upon us, so that your way may be known on earth and your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations rejoice and shout for joy. For you judge the peoples with fairness and lead the nations on earth. Let the peoples praise you, God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has produced its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. God will bless us, and all the ends of the earth will fear him. This is God's word. Good morning, guys. Okay. All right, so quick question for you guys. Um, who just uh, really loves the Christmas season? Start November 1st kind of thing. Um, anybody more of a stickler, like you can't start till after Thanksgiving or, like, yeah, that too, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of in, in both camps. Uh, a good Christmas song that's, you know, about, about the birth of Jesus, I'll sing that anytime. You know, I, I love just remembering the, the truth of the gospel. But sometimes, you know, I feel like we can get, it feels empty a little bit when, when you're just singing about jingle bells or, or chestnuts or Jack Frost nipping your nose. Um, it just, it feels empty. You want to you wanna be like, you're missing it, right? If, if that's all that you're doing, like, you're kind of missing it. And uh, I feel like our, um, our text this morning in, in Psalm 67, it's a little bit like that too. Like if we, um, if we miss the gospel, if, like it, it looks different. You know, looking back on this side of the cross, looking at how God's plan for salvation among all nations, um, just the, you know, looking back through the lens of Jesus helps us, helps us see it. It's like God's um, plan for salvation is, is just this beautiful wonderful carnival and we're on the other side of the fence and this psalm is kind of like a a hole in the fence let us look and we see God's plan for salvation among all nations Um, so my main idea for us today is is uh, that God blesses you so that his way may be known among all all nations right that we would know him as our savior we would know him as our judge we would know him as our father and that that helps us all right, so um, um, let me pray for us, and, and we'll dig into this text. Father God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to us today, that you would speak through me, um, that, that you would uh, just open up your word to us, help us to, to see you, see your character, see your way, know you better through this text, and, and know your heart for the nations, know your heart for us, for our salvation, and help us to, to see you. And therefore, let us, let us praise you and let us make your way known among the nations. I thank you for Jesus. It's in his name I pray. Amen. All right, so uh, digging into the text, we see here, um, I have you know, four points for us. So, so first of all, we want to ask for God's blessing. Um, you know, verse 1, may God be gracious to us and bless us. May he make his face shine on us. This... Uh, this phrasing kind of points us back to, to Numbers chapter 6. There's a, um, they, they call it the uh, Aaronic blessing because the priest Aaron 
would, would pronounce this blessing on, on the people. Uh, so Numbers 6, um, starting in verse 22, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. You should say to them, May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. In this way, they will pronounce my name over the Israelites, and I will bless them. So that last verse, in this way, they will pronounce my name over the Israelites, and I will bless them. We see there that, that God wants to bless his people. All right, he, he tells the priests, bless the people in this way so that I can bless them. So we see this about God's heart. You know, he, he wants to bless us. And let's, let's unpack these, these phrases a little bit. You know, so, so may the Lord bless you. That's just, that's just God being generous. You know, he's given us above and beyond. May the Lord bless you and protect you. Right? So God is, is keeping us from, from the extent of harm that could, that could happen. You know, we're not in the worst situation that could possibly happen. You know, you think of those, um, those cheesy movie lines where, you know, somebody's going through a bunch of stuff and they're like, it can't possibly get any worse than this. What happens? It starts raining or something, right? It gets worse, right? So, so it, it could get worse for us, right? We're, we're still here. You know, we have a hope. We have a hope for salvation. Like, God is protecting us. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you. So think of the, the face of, of someone you love, right? So I think of, you know, the way that I look at Jessica's face is, is different than anybody else's, right? So the, uh, when her face shines on me, it's, it's wonderful, right? I feel her affection and, and joy, right? So the Lord asking for his face to shine on us, show, him, show us his affection, right? the way that he loves us is a, a special beautiful way of blessing and be gracious to you there's so many ways that you know so many examples of of gracious where where you're um you're not holding everybody to the exact standard right so um for our kids we uh we have a rule where you know if they eat all their dinner they can get candy um our kids don't eat anything so we have to incentivize them um so sometimes we'll make a new recipe that um, kind of experimenting a little bit. Maybe maybe it's a little spicy, and uh, and Ruth does not like spicy food. So we're gracious to her, and we don't make her eat all of that, right? We make her something different or something. And if she eats all of that, she gets candy. So it's not we're not throwing the rule completely out of the window. We're not just giving her candy whenever, but we're gracious. We just soften it up a little bit. And so the Lord is is gracious to us in, in so many ways. Um, the next phrase, may the Lord look with favor on you. you know, one, one stark example of, of favor that I think of is, is Jacob with his 12 sons. You know, he gives Joseph the multicolored coat, and, and all the other sons are, are so jealous because Jacob's favor on Joseph is, is so clear. Right? So for God to have favor on us, you know, he, he gives us above and beyond. He gives us wonderful gifts. That's another aspect of blessing. And the last phrase in here is, may the Lord give you peace. Just think of, of uh, conflict. And you know, even if, if you're in relational conflict with somebody, it kind of taints everything, right? If you're in the same room with them, you feel, feel tense and feel nervous. Um, and then you know, think, of, think of it on like a national level, right? War is, is so costly and um, kind of 
it taints everything. All your all your taxes goes to the army and, and that kind of thing. So so the blessing of, of peace is just a wonderful thing. And even going deeper, the you know, the the word for peace here, that shalom, that uh, is so it's such a such a deep peace of of harmony and completeness and it's just a wonderful thing to for the Lord to bless us with. So this this idea of blessing here, you know, the verse one here, may God be gracious to us and bless us, pointing back to this Aaronic blessing. There's all these all these aspects of of the way that the Lord want, wants to bless us. And then we can't forget who this blessing is coming from. God is coming from God. He can bless us so far beyond what we can understand. The Bible teacher, Jen Wilkins, she wrote a book called None Like Him. And there's a quote in here just talking about the expansiveness of God. So the quote here, To the human mind, preoccupied with quantifying creation and its inhabitants, seeking control by measurements and validation by comparison, the Godhead presents a conundrum. The God of the Bible is infinite, immeasurable, unquantifiable, uncontrollable, unbound, utterly without limit. We cannot take the full measure of him, no matter how hard we try. We cannot confine him to a physical or mental boundary. We cannot control him, and we can never stack up favorably beside him. So this is the God who blesses us, the God that's unquantifiable, immeasurable, utterly without limit. He's so far beyond us, and he wants to bless us. The amount that he can bless us blows our minds, right? So you know those like champagne towers where you've got you know, one stack of glasses and then another stack of glasses and then another stack. Imagine that you're the top glass and God can just pour so much champagne in you that you overflow into others, overflow into others, overflow into others. God can just keep blessing you. And that's the, that kind of takes us to the, to the purpose of it, right? So verse 2, you know, it says, so that your way may be known on earth. Right? God doesn't just bless us so that we'll have more stuff, so that we'll be happy and have a good life. He blesses us so that his way would be known. We're blessed for a reason. His way may be known on earth, his salvation among the nations. So what is, what is God's way of salvation among the nations? It's just, it is awesome, right? So we're going to go a, a quick journey through the Bible real quick um, to just look at, at God's heart from the nations from the very beginning all the way to the very end. So starting in, in Genesis chapter 1, God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, that will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. All right, so right from the very beginning, when God created Adam and Eve, he was telling them, to be fruitful and fill the earth and multiply so that even from the very beginning before the fall God's desire was that the earth would be filled with worshipers filled with to the ends of the earth with with those made in his image that are bringing him glory and then even after the fall um, God still had a plan to, to bless all nations so in Genesis 12 the Lord said to Abram Go from your land, your relatives, your father's house, to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. 
and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So God still had this desire that all the peoples on earth would be blessed. It's coming through Abraham, coming through a nation, but he still has a desire to be glorified, be worshipped by all nations. It gets a little more narrow with, with David. So in 2 Samuel 7, the Lord declares to you, the Lord himself will make a house for you, talking to David. When, you're, when your time comes and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up after you your descendant who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build, my house, build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will discipline him with a rod of men and blows from mortals. But my faithful love will never leave him as it did when I removed it from Saul, whom I removed before you. Your house and kingdom will endure before me forever. Your throne will be established forever. So Solomon built the temple. Um, and so there's, there's kind of the near-term fulfillment of that pro- promise, but, but also the eternal promise of, of David's kingdom enduring forever. Uh, somebody from, from his descendants would, would be established forever and be on the throne forever. As Solomon built the temple... Um, he prayed at the dedication of the temple. And this is from Second Chronicles 6. Even for the foreigner who is not of your people, Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your great name and your strong hand and your outstretched arm, when he comes and prays toward the temple, may you hear in heaven your dwelling place and do all that the foreigner asks you. Then all the peoples of the earth will know your name to fear you as your people Israel do and know that his temple I have built bears your name. So even before Jesus came, Solomon built this wonderful temple, and the Lord wanted to bless the Israelites so that they would see who God is. They would come to the temple, and, and Solomon prayed that, that God would listen to the prayers of the foreigners so that they would know, so that all peoples would know your name, know his name. So as the, you know, as the, the source of the, the promise gets a little narrower, first it's all the people on earth, then it's one nation, then it's... David's tribe, Judah, and then it's one person. Matthew 1.1, 1, 1, an account of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So it comes in through Jesus. And that's what we're celebrating in Advent, that Jesus came. As it, I was thinking of the, the analogy of, <clears throat> of like a prism, where the light comes in, and then it goes through the prism, and it spreads out into the rainbow, into all the different colors. It's kind of the way that the light comes in through Jesus, the prism, and it spreads out through all the nations. So it's, it used to be this, this come and see, come to the temple and see God. And now, now God is with us. And now it's a go and tell. Right? So John twenty twenty one, Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. You know, the great commission. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And then, just remembering where we're going. You know, Chad uh, read this verse earlier, Revelation 7, 9. After, I looked, after this I looked, there was a vast multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and language, which no one could number, standing before the throne, before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hand. So there's a vast multitude from every nation, tribe, people, language. 
Let the peoples praise you, God. Let, let all the peoples praise you. A couple weeks ago, we were going through Philippians 2, right in the, you know, verses 9 through 11. You know, God highly exalted Jesus because he humbled himself. And it says that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Right, so think of the, the double meaning of, of tongue there. Right, so all of our individual tongues will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But also, every language that has ever existed will be used to confess that Jesus is Lord. I think the study of linguistics is, is pretty cool. When I was growing up, I grew up in Pakistan. <clears throat> and uh, one thing that kind of ignited my interest in, in linguistics, I don't... Not, I don't have a super interest, but I just think it's cool on a surface level. Um, the, the word for trip in Urdu is, is safar, and it's related to a word in Swahili you guys might be familiar with, safari, right? S-F-R, safar, safari. Kenya is way down in, in Africa. You go all the way up to the Middle East, you go east, you know, through the Middle East and to Pakistan, and those languages are, are related. It's kind of cool to, to think of, you know, the way that languages have, have changed and, and traveled over time and, and just to imagine, you know, imagine that scene in Revelation when every tribe and tongue that has ever existed, every language would be used to glorify God. I think that's just awesome. So language is a, um, it's probably the most notable, noticeable difference between cultures. We can't kind of, can't really communicate at all if we don't speak the same language, hand signals a little bit, but... Um, but anthropologists have, have language as one of ten cultural message systems. Um, the other day, I mean, a few weeks ago, not the other day, uh, James was telling me about going to a Bangladeshi wedding. And uh, assuming that, you know, Bangladeshi weddings are similar to Pakistani weddings, um, I think that it's a cool, it's cool to compare them and just see how our cultures are so different. All right, so... You know, we can, we can see that, that we view time differently, right? So if, if both the weddings, an American wedding and a Bangladeshi Pakistani wedding, say they're going to start at 5 o'clock, right? The American wedding is going to start at 5 o'clock. It might start at like 5.03 or something, but it's not going to start at 6. Whereas if you show up at 5 o'clock to the South Asian wedding, you're going to be the first one there, right? <laughs> Nobody else is there. They're very, uh, Americans are very time-focused, and South Asians are not. Right, they're they're more relational and, and they're not they're not watching the clock like we are. Uh, another thing we can see the the ways that gender genders relate to each other, All right? So in, in an American wedding, men and women are interspersed. Like where you sit depends on who you know, right? It's not you're not uh, yeah. But in in a Pakistani wedding, the men and the women are separate. They're in different places. Um, another thing that we see is is the way that, that families are structured, right? So in an American wedding, a husband and a wife, they both leave their family and they start a new family. We're a lot more um, like compartmentalized as families. But in South Asian wedding, the wife leaves her family and joins the husband family. It's a lot more generational or multi-generational, right? So the, the, we can see all these cultural differences between, um, between us and, and them, basically. Um, and what I want us to see here is that there's not a right or wrong in these things. It's just different. We all are made in the image of God, and we all have a way to praise God. So let the peoples praise you. It's going to look different for us as it, than it does for, for others. 
And so we're called to, to praise God. We're called to worship him. So let's know his way of salvation, this, this beautiful way of salvation that we've seen through the scriptures. Let's know him as our savior. And let's know him as, as our judge. We see the um, another characteristic in here is that we, we see him in his fairness. So let the nations rejoice and shout for joy, for you judge the peoples with fairness and lead the nations on earth. So rejoice and shout for joy. That's, that's strong, expressive language. I'll tell you about a time that I rejoiced and shouted for joy. It's about a month ago. Atlanta Braves were in the World Series. Some of you guys know that I'm a big Atlanta Braves fan. I don't have a whole lot of free time. You know, I got a full-time job and do this pastor thing and um, husband, father. And so I've, I've put all my sports fandom in the Atlanta Braves basket, right? And so, um, so game six, you, I can't remember the day, November 2nd, I think. Um, game six, if the Atlanta Braves won this game, they were going to win the World Series. And uh, there were runners on first and second. Game is tied 0-0. A guy named Jorge Soler was up to bat. And uh, there's this video. of um, It's kind of from behind him. It, it shows the Houston Astros fans there in Houston. All the fans are going crazy. They're waving their towels. Pitcher pitches. Jorge Soler just destroys this baseball. It's a giant home run. And uh, I rejoiced. And I shouted for joy. And all those Houston Astros fans that were swirling their towels, they slowly stopped. They were just demoralized, but I was not. I was shouting for joy. So what are we rejoicing and shouting for joy at? That God is just and fair. Think of the, the difference in, in my you know, surface-level emotions in the Braves versus somebody who, who is wrongfully imprisoned or something. Imagine... Imagine that they have an unjust judge. It goes to appeal, and they have a fair, impartial judge that, that releases them from prison. Like, imagine the difference in feeling of, of what it means to, to have, have a God that judges all the peoples with fairness. It's so, yeah, it's just crazy to, to think of, of a God that's being fair to everyone. We get, we get so, um, so ethnocentric. We think that our way is the best way a lot of times. And, uh, and especially Israel, like God blessed them. And, uh, you know, the story of, of Jonah, like he, he doesn't want Nineveh to be blessed, right? We get so wrapped up in, in our own way of thinking, but, but God is not like that. God is so far beyond us, right? He judges all the peoples with fairness. That's who our God is. He is just. He is fair to all peoples. We also rejoice because... Because God leads. He leads the nations on earth. We see that, that leadership is valuable. There's a book called Design to Lead that um, is kind of talking about how the, uh, a lot of times we think of leadership as, as like a business thing or a corporate thing or secular. But it talks about how God designed leadership. Right? He, they talk about having a, the conviction to lead and having a culture of leadership and, and having constructs that help you lead. And so... You know, God can help us have the proper conviction, right? To to be able to lead in the right direction when when things are hard, when uh, when you have to have a tough conversation, or and lead people in a way they don't necessarily want to go. You have to have that conviction. 
It also helps to have a, a good leadership culture, right, where you, where you understand um, that you can't, you can't go from, from zero to 100 all at once. Right? You have to have the emotional intelligence to be able to lead people along without crushing their spirit, kind of have that, that healthy culture. And then the constructs, making sure that you're measuring the right things and, and have the right systems in place. Um, yeah, and, and just well, we, we need to know God as, as a good judge and, and a good leader, helping us to lead. His, his way of fairness and his way of leadership is amazing. And we need to know that so that we can make that way known too. So we know his way of salvation. We know him as our savior. We know his way of fairness. We know him as our, ju- as our judge. And we know him as our father. We know his way of blessing. So verse 6 and 7. The earth has produced its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. God will bless us and all the ends of the earth will fear him. So here in verse 6, the earth has produced its harvest. We see that, that physical blessing matters. Right? A lot of times we can, um, you know, we can, it's easy for us to, to kind of dump on prosperity preachers a lot. It, you know, we see a lot in the, in the Bible about how Christians will suffer, and so it's, it's easy for us to, to write off those people that, you know, they say that if you have enough faith, then you'll be rich, or if you have enough faith, then you'll be healthy all the time. Um, but I think a lot of times we can, we can kind of um, separate the physical blessing that God has given us and not, not weight it properly. Right? We think that we, we understand that all our stuff isn't because God loves us more. Right? We don't have more stuff because God loves us more. But we, we forget to, that we're called to be good stewards with everything that we have. Um, so there can, you know, there can obviously be sort of gross excesses of wealth, like the the billionaires that are flying to space because they can, because they have all this money. Right, so obviously we're not called to, to waste money like that, but we're called to be good stewards. I think, um, you know, the Christmas season is a is a tough time for for being good stewards, right? You have all these commercials of all these things that you want, and um, but we're called to. To, to weight God's blessing accordingly, right? So there are you know billions of people in this world that that live in tiny houses, live in you know one room houses, and I have four bedrooms in my house. God, I, I shouldn't you know I'm not I'm not necessarily called to go live in a one room house, but I'm called to be a good steward of the space that I have, right? to be hospitable, to be um, yeah to be loving with it, to to be a blessing to others with with what God has provided to me. We're called to, to stewardship, not to, I mean, even as we talked about last week in Philippians 4, you know, that the verse that we always take out of context, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Right, I can follow God. I can do all things. I can be a poor person and follow God accordingly. I can be a rich person and follow God. I can do all things. Yeah, so just think about the way that, um, yeah, the way that the, the Lord has blessed you. Don't discount the way that the physical blessing that you have, whether it's stuff, whether it's health, whatever it looks like. The Lord has blessed you. The earth has produced its harvest. 
we see that you know physical blessing matters, spiritual blessing matters more. Remember the direction that, that things are going. You know, all the ends of the earth will fear him. I think of, um, you know, Luke chapter 11. It says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So God is, is our Father. He loves to bless us. I have a, an example of, of loving to bless my children as a father. We got, um, we got a Target catalog in the mail a few weeks ago. It's addressed to to Danette, or current resident, and uh, said, you know, Titus, Ruth, you guys are current residents. Take this catalog and uh, circle things that you want for Christmas. It circled way too many things. Um, one day, Titus came down the stairs and he said, there's 653 things in this catalog. <laughs> um, and one of the things that, that Titus circled that he really loved was this Hot Wheels track. It was like five levels or something. It was Ridiculous, and uh, and one of these tracks goes through a T Rex's mouth. It was awesome. <laughs> it was more than we wanted to spend on him, um, and so we're trying to steer him in another direction of something that isn't quite this extravagant, expensive, um, and uh, yeah. So we're talking about what he wants for Christmas and stuff, and and we go to CVS or Walgreens. I don't know those. They're exactly the same. Um, and uh, we're, we've got to get a little bit of mess, and we're walking towards the checkout, and we see this, this racetrack. It's not Hot Wheels brand, but it's a racetrack. It's got a dinosaur. The, the thing goes, the track goes through the dinosaur's mouth, and it's 10 bucks. I was glad to bless my son with this thing, <laughs> right? Um, and so God is like that, right? I'm, I'm evil, and I know how to give good gifts to my children. And God, how much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Right? God loves to bless us, and he doesn't have a budgetary restriction. Right? He, he can bless us in the way that is in so far beyond the way that I can bless my children. Right? God loves to bless us. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So as we kind of come to a close here, let's, let's know this God, right? The God that, that wants to bless us, that is, is so far beyond us and can bless us so far beyond what we can imagine. Let's know his character. Let's know his, his way of salvation, right? His way that he sent Jesus to save us, right? He... He left heaven, you know, as we talked about Philippians 2. Like, he, he emptied himself. He made himself nothing. I remember seeing a, uh, a tweet from an atheist that was, it was trying to insult Christians. He said something like, um, you're telling me that, that your God became so helpless that he 
defecated on himself and needed help cleaning his fecal matter. Yes. And it's awesome, right? God did that. God was helpless. He came down. He was a baby. And he lived his life perfectly without any sin. And while we were still sinners, he died for us. And he was resurrected and, and defeated sin and death forever. And that's, the, that's God's way of salvation. He is our Savior. And let's know him as our judge. Know his way of fairness. Right, the, the song, the Christmas song, O, o Holy Night, you know, he says, Chains shall he break for the slave of their brother. In his name, all oppression shall cease. Right, the way of fairness, that there will be no oppression. There will be no, no people with power that are oppressing others. Right, God's way of fairness is, is he's the one with power, and he's going to use it perfectly. Let's know him as our father. Let's know his way of blessing. Our hope, our home, our family, our future, our church. God blesses us. He made us, made a way for us to be in his family. Made a way for him to be our father. Let's know him. Let's know his way. And let's make him known. Let's imagine ourselves. Who can we bless? You know, who, who can we be the top of the champagne tower for? God is overfilling us with blessings so that we can bless others, so that we can make his way known. Let's pray. Father God, we, we love you. We're so thankful for, for you and for the way, that, the way that you are. Lord, your way of salvation, your way of, of kindness, of, of mercy, of, of peace, shalom, Lord. May you bless us. May you make your face shine on us and be gracious to us so that your way may be known on earth. Your salvation among all nations, Lord. I pray that us as people would praise you and that we would see other peoples praising you. Lord, you are, you are wonderful. You are beautiful. You are glorious. Help us to bring you glory. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.